today on Ring of Truth with Pastor Dan Sexton. Moses boasts in what the Lord has done, and Jethro gives glory to the Lord, Yahweh. He does not give glory at all to Moses. You know, sometimes we can testify about the Lord in a way that makes us the star of the story. And really, we're talking about ourselves and couching it in a story about something that God did. But really, we're talking about ourselves. When you have accomplished something meaningful in your life, do you take sole credit for it, or do you acknowledge others who may have helped you along the way? As Pastor Dan points out in today's message, most people tend to give credit to those who helped in a way that boasts of their abilities. That is one thing Moses did not do. He gave glory, honor, and thanks to God for keeping him from danger. Although Moses could have bragged about his part in delivering them from the Egyptians, he did not. Now here's Pastor Dan in the book of Exodus chapter 18 for today's edition of Ring of Truth. into our study. Lord, we thank you for your word. And Lord, as always, we ask that your Holy Spirit would be our teacher. We pray and ask, Lord, that you would open our eyes and our ears and our hearts to your word, that you would speak to us. Lord, I pray that your spirit would be upon me to teach your word. And we pray these things in Jesus' name. Amen. Well, in chapter 16, God miraculously provided manna for the children of Israel To eat. And the manna is a type, it's a picture of Jesus Christ. Jesus is the true bread from heaven that came down. John chapter 6 tells us that. Then in chapter 17, God provided water from a rock. God instructed Moses to strike the rock, and water would come out of the rock for the people to drink. And the Apostle Paul tells us in the New Testament, that rock was Jesus Christ. Jesus is the rock. Jesus was smitten. Jesus was struck for us on the cross. And the water that came out of the rock, it speaks of the outpouring of the Holy Spirit. In John chapter 7, Jesus said, if anyone thirsts, let him come to me and drink. And out of his innermost being will flow rivers Of living water. And John tells us this he spoke of the Holy Spirit. And so the water speaks of the Holy Spirit. Also in chapter 17, the children of Israel were ambushed by Amalek and the Amalekites. And I mentioned that Amalek is a picture of, who remembers? The flesh. That's right. We get ambushed by our flesh. Our flesh doesn't want us doing what God wants us doing. Our flesh is always against the work of God in our lives. 
And while the army of Israel fought against the Amalekites, Moses, remember, he went up on a mountain above the battlefield. And as long as Moses kept his hands raised in prayer, Israel prevailed in the battle against Amalek and the Amalekites. That is a picture of Jesus' current ministry of intercession. The Bible tells us that after his death and resurrection, Jesus ascended back up to heaven and he seated at the right hand of the Father where he ever lives to make intercession for us, for you and for me. He's, He's praying for us that are here down below in the valley fighting the battle, so to speak. So the manna foreshadows the incarnation of Jesus Christ. The striking of the rock foreshadows the crucifixion of Jesus Christ. The water coming from the rock foreshadows the pouring out of the Holy Spirit on all believers. Moses lifting up his hands, interceding for Israel foreshadows Jesus's ministry of intercession. And once again, we are reminded that the entire Bible is about Jesus. It's all about Jesus. It's all pointing to Jesus Christ from Genesis to Revelation, from cover to cover. Jesus said, you search the scriptures For in them you think you have eternal life, but these are they that testify of me. All the scriptures testify of Jesus Christ. After his resurrection, Jesus showed the two disciples on the road to Emmaus that all the Bible speaks of him. In Luke's gospel, Luke chapter 24, verse 27, it says, And beginning at Moses and all the prophets... Jesus expounded to them in all the scriptures the things concerning himself, including these things that we are studying in the book of Exodus. This is why it's important for us to study all of the Bible. All of it, every verse, every chapter from Genesis to Revelation, because it's all about Jesus. It's all about him. Now, That brings us to our study in chapter 18. Look at verse 1. In chapter 18, Jethro shows up, along with Jed and Ellie Mae and Granny and Mr. Drysdale, the banker. He's there too. It says, in Jethro, the priest of Midian, Moses' father-in-law, Heard of all that God had done for Moses and for Israel, his people, that the Lord had brought Israel out of Egypt. You may remember Jethro from earlier in the book of Exodus. Moses fled from Egypt and he goes to the land of Midian. And there he lived for 40 years serving as a shepherd for his father-in-law, Jethro. We're told here that Jethro was the priest of Midian or of the Midianites. He was a pagan priest for the people of Midian and the gods that they worshipped. And we're told here that Jethro heard of all that God had done for Moses and for Israel. He heard that the Lord, Yahweh, notice it's all capital letters, 
that the Lord God had brought Israel out of Egypt. News of the Exodus had made its way to Midian. Often when God is doing a miraculous work, word gets around. People hear about it. News travels. Even unbelievers hear about it. When John the Baptist was baptizing people in the Judean wilderness, we are told that people from all over the region went out to John and were baptized by him. People from far and wide showed up at John's baptism, including Roman soldiers and tax collectors. Word got around. People heard about John. People everywhere were talking about it. And of course, with the ministry of Jesus, people came from all over the region to Jesus to hear him. Mark chapter 3 tells us, when people heard all Jesus was doing, many people came to him from Judea, from Jerusalem, that would be expected, Idumea, that's way to the south in Jordan, and the regions across the Jordan River, and from far to the north around Tyre and Sidon. News about Jesus got around even into the pagan regions like Tyre and Sidon, and people way up in Tyre and Sidon and modern-day Lebanon came down to check it out to see what the deal was with Jesus of Nazareth. They showed up from everywhere. When God is working, people will hear about it and talk about it, even unbelievers. You know, Paul writes to the uh, the Thessalonians. You don't have to turn there. In 1 Thessalonians 1, verse 8, listen to what he says about the Thessalonians. For from you, the word of the Lord has sounded forth, not only in Macedonia and Achaia, but also in every place. Your faith toward God has gone out so that we don't need to say anything. For they themselves declare concerning us what manner of entry we had to you. You know what Paul's saying here? He says to the Thessalonians, the word has gone out from you. People are talking about you, not just in your region. Paul says, everywhere we go on mission trips, people are talking about what God is doing among the Thessalonians. He says, so much so, we don't have to tell them about you. They're telling us about you. Word gets around when God is working, when God is moving. Jethro heard all that God had done for Moses and for Israel while he was in Midian. So verse 2, then Jethro, Moses' father-in-law, took Zipporah, Moses' wife, after he had sent her back with two sons, with her two sons, of whom the name of one was Gershom, for he said, I have been a stranger in a foreign land. And the name of the other was Eliezer. For he said, the God of my father was my help and delivered me from the sword of Pharaoh. And Jethro, Moses' father-in-law, came with his sons and his wife to Moses in the wilderness where he was encamped at the mountain of God. That would be Mount Sinai. Jethro comes to visit Moses. He's heard the stories of what God has done. And now he comes to visit Moses and he brings with him Zipporah, his daughter, who's also Moses's wife, and the two sons of Moses, Gershom and Eliezer. 
evidently, we're not told exactly when, but evidently when Moses and Zipporah had their conflict over circumcising their son. Back in chapter 4, remember they got in this conflict over circumcising their son. And remember, Zipporah is the one who finally took a, a sharp stone and circumcised the son and threw his foreskin down and said, you are a bloody husband to me. They got some issues in that marriage going on. And so apparently at that time, Moses sent his wife Zipporah and the two boys back to Jethro in Midian. And now about a year has passed while Moses finished his journey to Egypt and led the children of Israel out of Egypt. And now Jethro brings Zipporah and their sons to Moses. Pastor Dan will share the second half of today's message in just a moment. But first, he'd like to take a moment to tell you how you can receive prayer for your needs. Do you need prayer today? Every week we receive prayer requests from our listeners. If you need prayer for anything at all, we would like to pray for you right now. You can share your prayer request with us through our website, calvaryec.com. Again, that's calvaryec.com or through our church app or by calling us at 410-491-4592. And can I ask you to pray for us as well? Pray for the Ring of Truth radio ministry as we bring the Word of God to those who need it. Thanks, Pastor Dan, and thank you for praying. Now, let's finish today's message. Now, think through the story here with me. When Moses was still in Egypt, before the Exodus, when he was still in Egypt, The Hebrews, his brethren, the Hebrews, they rejected him as their deliverer. And Moses fled from the land of Egypt after he was rejected by his Hebrew brothers. He fled from the land of Egypt to Midian. And then after a long absence, living in Midian, after a long absence, Moses returned to Egypt a second time. And the Hebrews received him as their deliverer when he came to them the second time. It's a picture of Jesus Christ. He was rejected by the Jews the first time. They will receive him as their Messiah when he comes the second time. And while Moses was living in Midian for all those years, Moses takes Zipporah to be his bride. He takes a Gentile bride. Again, a picture of Jesus Christ taking a Gentile bride, the church. The church is made up mostly of Gentiles, non-Jews. There are some Jews that have come to salvation through Jesus Christ, but mostly the church is Gentile. Again, we see the picture here, the foreshadowing of Jesus With the story of Moses. Now his Gentile bride and the people of Israel are together with Moses. This is a foreshadowing of the kingdom age. In the kingdom age, in the millennium, Jesus Christ will return to the earth. He will come down from heaven to the earth. He will bring his church with him, his bride with him to the earth, including us. If you've put your trust in Jesus Christ, yes, you're going to go to heaven and you'll be in heaven. But when Jesus Christ returns at the end of the tribulation period, 
you will return to the earth, we will return to the earth with Jesus Christ. And at that time, at his second coming to the earth, all of Israel will be saved. Those that are living on the earth at that time, and they will receive Jesus Christ as their Messiah when he comes the second time. And the children of Israel and the church will dwell together on the earth with Jesus during the kingdom age. And the Bible tells us during the kingdom age will serve as kings and priests in his kingdom here on the earth. When we pray, thy kingdom come, thy will be done. We're praying that Jesus Christ comes back to the earth and establishes his kingdom on the earth. Here we have a foreshadowing of that with Israel, Zipporah, and Moses together for the first time. It's a foreshadowing of the kingdom age. Again, it's all about Jesus. It's all looking ahead, pointing to Jesus Christ. Now, look at verse 7. So Jethro sends messengers to Moses that he is coming. And so, verse 7, Moses went out to meet his father-in-law. He bowed down. He kissed him. And they asked each other about their well-being. And they went into the tent. And Moses told his father-in-law all that the Lord had done to Pharaoh and to the Egyptians for Israel's sake. All the hardship that had come upon them on the way and how the Lord had delivered them. Then Jethro rejoiced for all the good which the Lord, Yahweh, notice it's all capital letters, which Yahweh had done for Israel, whom he had delivered out of the hand of the Egyptians. Verse 10, and Jethro said, blessed be Yahweh who has delivered you out of the hand of the Egyptians and out of the hand of Pharaoh and who has delivered the people from under the hand of the Egyptians. Please note that as Moses told the story to Jethro, Moses boasts in what the Lord has done. And Jethro gives glory to the Lord, Yahweh. He does not give glory at all to Moses. You know, sometimes we can testify about the Lord in a way that makes us the star of the story. And really, we're talking about ourselves and couching it in a story about something that God did. But really, we're talking about ourselves. Moses doesn't do that here. He doesn't make himself the star of the story. You know, he he doesn't say, well, then I threw down my rod before Pharaoh and my heart was racing. And you can imagine how nervous I was and how afraid I was. And I said a silent little prayer in my heart, just asking God to give me bravery and give me courage. And my rod became a serpent on the ground. And then I reached down and I picked up the serpent by the tail. And I know you're not supposed to pick up serpents by the tail. And I was so afraid, but I just trusted God. And you know how we can do that. We're really talking about ourselves. And we're couching it in this story about something that God did. We're really just boasting in ourselves. There's a lot of eyes and my's in that story. Well, that's not what Moses does. Moses magnifies the Lord. Psalm 34, oh, magnify the Lord with me and let us exalt his name together. That's what we want to do. We want to magnify the Lord. Anytime we talk about 
what the Lord is doing or what the Lord has done, we always want to boast in him. Always boast in Christ and what he has done for us through his death and resurrection and not boast in ourselves with some kind of false humility. Moses shares the story of what God did and Jethro responds with worship and praise of Yahweh. Look at what he says in verse uh, 11. Now I know that Yahweh is greater than all the gods. For in the very thing in which they, the Egyptians, behaved proudly, he was above them. Here, Jethro confesses Yahweh is greater than all the gods, greater than all the gods of the Egyptians, which the Egyptians were proud of and trusted in, like the Nile River God and the Frog God and the Fly God and so on. And remember, Jethro is an unbeliever. He's a priest, the priest of Midian. But after hearing what the Lord has done for Israel, he acknowledges that Yahweh is greater than all the other gods. You know, your personal testimony is powerful. Just tell people what God has done for you in your life and how he has saved you. It's a powerful witness to unbelievers that they really can't, they can't deny it. And so now verse 12 Then Jethro, Moses' father-in-law, took a burnt offering and other sacrifices to offer to God. And Aaron came with all the elders of Israel, all the leaders of the families, to eat bread with Moses' father-in-law before God. Now, Now, this is before the law is given. The law will be given in chapter 20. Before God gives Israel instructions for making offerings and sacrifices, but, but we see here that people made animal sacrifices to God as an act of worship, and it's before it's written into the law of Moses. It's already widely practiced by people. Uh, so it doesn't begin with the law of Moses. Uh, animal sacrifice actually dates back to the first two people, Adam and Eve. In Genesis chapter 3, verse 21, it says that God made clothing of animal skins for Adam and his wife Eve. So God is the one who made the first animal sacrifice. And God sacrificed an animal to clothe Adam and Eve. So it goes all the way back to the first two people. And he makes here, we're told, a burnt offering. Now, burnt offering is a particular type of offering. A burnt offering speaks of total consecration to God. Total consecration to God. With a, with a burnt offering, nothing is, is kept back. The entire animal is put on the altar and consumed by the fire. And it speaks of total consecration. When a person makes a burnt offering, they're, they're saying, I want my life to be completely consecrated to God. I want to give him everything. I want to put it all on the altar. I don't want to hold anything back. In Romans chapter 12, the Apostle Paul tells us that we should make our lives a living sacrifice. And he says, this is our reasonable service. This is just the reasonable response in light of the sacrifice that Jesus Christ made for us on the cross. The reasonable response to that is to make your life a living sacrifice for him. A burnt offering, so to speak. He asked me how I know and I say, bring sure than the Thank you for spending a part of your day with us here at Ring of Truth. 
You've just heard a message from Pastor Dan Sexton in the book of Exodus. There's a lot we can learn from this and other books in the Bible. In fact, if you visit our website, calvaryec.com, you'll find a treasure trove of other messages all neatly organized in a simple, straightforward manner. We encourage you to camp out here for a while and soak your spirit in the truth of God's Word. Is there anything you would like us to pray for? We'd love to intercede in prayer on your behalf. Please locate the prayer tab at the top of our homepage, calvaryec.com, and send in your prayer request through the form you find there. Don't forget to follow us on Facebook, too. We're also just a phone call away if you're not in Maryland. Call us at 410-491-4592. We'd love to hear what's going on in your life. Again, that's 410-491-4592. Would you consider supporting this ministry financially? If so, please visit calvaryec.com to learn how. We hope that today's teaching has been encouraging to your faith. Come back again next time for more in the book of Exodus. Until next time, we hope you have a blessed day and are reminded of the things learned today. This has been Ring of Truth. I see the signs and I recognize the hands that crack.